0: Welcome to podcast number 27. Do you you know that uh, there is a famous hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs, award number 27. Do you know who that is? Some people say I'm not a a Leafs fan. I I look like him, but uh, with uh, number 27. And then he got traded to... Corey Perry? No. No. (laughs) I got traded to the the Flyers, I believe. Number 27. (laughs) And... uh, he was the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs during some of the Harold Ballard year there. Daryl Sittler. Oh, Daryl Sittler. '97, great guy, great, great man. You would uh, say
1: Daryl. People say that Daryl Sittler looks like you.
0: Yeah, back in the day, and oh, then back um, in the day. yeah, but back in the day, you had this like massive hair, like yeah. it was like D- massive. Daryl had great hair, curly hair too, and so Daryl uh, lived close to where I lived, and as a kid, and uh, when he played for the Leafs, and then. When he started having, uh, when him and his wife, Wendy, had had children, uh, they played t-ball, which my my mom and dad were very involved in t-ball. And and Daryl would sit out there in a lawn chair way out in the outfield along the line, and he would get mobbed with kids, and he would sign autographs for a while. But, uh, yeah, it was, he was a uh, uh, great hockey player. So it's episode 27, tying that in uh, with, um, with our programming. Let's talk about. Um, the, the, the lake this year, it was, uh, <clears throat> quite the story, uh, with the nice mild weather we had, which was quickly changed in the new year, but, um, you know, the lake being open, there was many people that went for, a a new year's Eve plunge, uh, lake open and, uh, and people were out there kayaking, canoeing and swimming of all things. Um, pretty impressive. Um, uh, we saw a table pass our, our, our chat. There were, I think it was seven times. The lake has been open uh, for the past 60 years, uh, past uh, January 1st. So, Yeah, and then when it did freeze. Froze, it froze hard yeah. and lots of, well, the ice is building right now. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll be getting up to a foot of ice, I'm sure, pretty soon here. Um, but it looks like the ice has got some heaves out there, which we, I, don't, I believe last year we didn't have a lot of big heaves. But it looks like uh, when you look in the rise and there might be some heaves out there. But certainly the fishermen will be out hard. Uh, they're already out there fishing, but certainly, uh, what was really neat was the videos that people had from, uh, the little bay there in French, French bay. bay, yeah. people skating with no snow on the ice and they could actually see the fish, fish all swimming, swimming around underneath. Yeah. 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 That was a big hit. A lot of people went out there and, 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 and I guess it went viral, but whatever. Uh, but it was pretty neat to see all the different fish right underneath your your skating.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if we can put some of those on our social media. It'd, it'd be kind of cool to be actually the because I have a few. Yeah. Um. Because my kid was out there, and uh, yeah, that's kind of maybe something we should look at to see. Because uh, I know there. You're right. It went viral, and a whole bunch of people were pretty excited about that, and then everybody started going out there, right? So
0: yeah, it's rare. It's rare that the lake will freeze and then you don't get a snow event. So you know, it's unique. Um, the fish are probably wondering what the heck's going on too. But uh, yeah, it's great. Um, just this past weekend, we we had a, a very successful uh, Hall of Fame, um, you know, ceremony um, out at the Lakeland Inn. I thought the staff did a tremendous job putting it together. Uh, the wall at the Energy Centre is, is, looks fantastic. Uh, we already had three inductees before the event, and now we've got two more. Uh, but, uh, you know, Rennie Richard and, and Tom Varghese, um, you know, two different individuals, uh, one from way back in time, 1911, comes to Coal Lake as a trapper uh, and, uh, and and takes up um, art. And, he, and he's uh, sketches uh, with charcoal and pencil. Uh, so the family uh, that was there had some of his old old prints. Uh, it was old drawings. That was really cool. And then some old photographs of uh, him coming back to Coal Lake, meeting uh, friends that he met way back when. But he was in, in our community for a long time. Uh, and uh, Jeff Gay from the Respect newspaper, I thought, did a tremendous job researching uh, Renee and, and, uh, and tying in kind of an opposite type of drawer than Alex uh, Janvay, who's in on the Hall of Fame. So that was great. And shout out to, to Jeff.
1: Yeah, well, that what was interesting about that one is all the the local family that is still here connect in them. connection with uh, Renee Richard. That was yeah. kind of that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's lots of different family names, the Pinsky's and the Reed's, and and that were kind of you know linked to uh, to the individual yeah. artist. Uh, uh, so that you know, here's a bit of history that you know I didn't know, and so it was great that Jeff. Uh, I remember Jeff reaching out and saying that he he wanted to look into this individual. And I uh, and thought his speech that night was fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. And then you had uh, Tom uh, Varghese uh, uh, brought uh, soccer to the Lakeland, to Cold Lake, and uh, kind of started the whole thing up back in his day. Yeah,
0: yeah it was great. Uh, uh, you know, had a couple of uh, people speak about the soccer. His son, Alex, uh, did a great job uh, kind of painting the painting the picture. And then other coaches got up there and, and yeah. uh, uh, you know, did talked about it. Um, uh, Tim Urlacher, I thought, did a great job, and you know he he Tom, we a lot of us on council uh, knew when he was on the school board, um, but uh, he was passionate about kids getting involved in sports, regardless whether it was hockey or or soccer, or whatever. But he was a unique individual, a dearly miss in our community. Yeah, yeah, and now the uh, the Hall of Fame or is now uh,
1: the Wall of Fame as well, and it's at the Energy Center. Main floor, across from the booster juice, um, the uh, kind of the there's plaques, kind of an explanation um, of the Wall of Fame, and uh, also the uh, plaques of the individuals that have been inducted into the to the Hall of Fame. I think it looked, it turned out very nice. I, I want to encourage everybody from the community to come out and look at that. Uh, it's very well done. And uh, it starts to build on some of the anchors of the community and uh, what is here.
0: Yeah. It's just not about sports. It's about art uh, and in team sports, you know, but we're also very, I, I, we're very uh, selective or we don't want just everybody nominated. I think it's, it's uh, you know, it has to be a un- unique person or teams, but something unique. Right. And so uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, and, and shout out to the people that nominated two individuals. I, so fantastic.
1: Yeah. Right on. it
0: right yeah, was good. Yeah, uh, we have a a,
1: a a new part to, uh, to add. Or Actually, there's a bunch of questions uh, that we wanted to address uh, um, that the uh, public can uh, submit their questions, and uh, we'll uh, follow up on those questions or answer questions. And, uh, um, yeah, Dan, uh, we're going to hear a new voice. I think he's got a good radio voice, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see here. He's going to ask some questions that came in from... Uh, our social media or, or, uh, and people that have uh, emailed in that uh, want some follow-up and being able to hear them on the podcast on uh, on if we're able to answer these questions. Maybe they'll try to trip us up or whatever here, but uh, um, Dan, go ahead. Let's see what these questions are
2: thanks kevin um i'm not sure about voice for radio i've been told that i have a face for radio
1: (laughs) oh nice nice
2: so yeah so we reached out to the residents um we thought it'd be kind of cool to get their questions um on the podcast and see if uh, you could come up with some interesting answers we have a wide variety of topics to cover here so i'll start with the first one here uh this one is regarding the community beautification award um this reader, her name is Twyla. Uh, she wants to know. She was under the impression that the winners would be announced by December thirty first of two thousand twenty three, but she has not heard or seen anything on the city's website.
1: Yes, yes, I can confirm that uh, the city of Cold Lake has uh, there has uh, the the winners of the uh, of the beautification awards. They haven't been announced yet. We are a little bit behind. We had a few significant projects towards the end of last year, which is one was the Hall of Fame, um, to get that lifted off and, uh, a few, uh, procedure issues that we were just trying to work out. So that will be coming out in the coming weeks and the announcements will be made, uh, to the community. And, uh, yeah, so yes, it's something that, uh, the, the, uh, person that has, uh, uh, Twyla's right. We haven't made any announcements at this point. Um, nobody has been
0: contacted. Um, that is coming in the coming weeks. Okay. There perfect. were some amazing houses that were done with flower arrangements and, and that, I mean, the, some of the effort that people put into it's great. And it's good that we recognize, uh, uh all the residents in the business.
1: Yeah. Community. One thing, what was unfortunate in the, uh, that, uh, in the council decision, when it came, the report came to council was, um, I don't think there was commercial submissions was an issue. Um, but the, there, so they added more to the residential okay. ones is what happened there. And, uh. So that way uh, kind of all of the uh, awards were being
0: added. can't we do a winter community and blooms type of program? A winter communities and blooms award. Mm, interesting. I don't know. Snowmen or or, yeah. or, 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 or lights. Wouldn't that be good for kids is to do a snowman competition mm-hmm. for the wintertime. Maybe mm. we can look into that. That would be uh, well cool. we do the our, winter, our winter snow festival. Snow is there. not sometimes the greatest uh, for making snowmen, but sometimes it's really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe staff can look at that. <laughs> That's
1: a good one. <laughs> No problem. Good question.
2: All right. So Twyla actually has a second question. Uh, she says, there's a city utility point in West Lawn, which uh, for other listeners who may not be aware, that's the area located around the Animal Care and Control Center by Lions Park. Uh, she says, it appears to have regular problems. Over the last five years, there seems to have been a lot of work, both regular and after hours overtime. What is the problem specifically?
0: Wow. What's going on over there? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's a challenging uh, subdivision that's over there. Um, when the uh, subdivision was first built, there was a uh, lift station that was installed. That's a small one. It What's looks a like a lift station. Yeah, it's What's a a lift station, uh, a lift station where um, uh, a bunch of houses are connected to a gravity sanitary sewer, and they go to where a uh, to a low point where a lift station kind of t- pumps that sewage higher and pumps it to another location which is another lift station that will carry it eventually on to uh, building number nine and, and then the, uh, the sewage lagoons. And uh, one of the challenges in the West Lawn lift station is, is, is twofold. One is uh, uh, the size of the lift station. Um, and only reason for the size of the lift station is, is that we, have, we find a lot of debris being put into the sanitary sewer. These are one of the issues of um, like major rags, um, getting caught into the system. Like how are these rags being thrown down the sewer systems, uh, debris, such as wood, um, logs, rocks. And as soon as those get, uh, touch the pumps and get into some smaller pumps like that, um, they jam and, uh, they can't, uh, they can't take that pressure nor can maybe even, even in many instances, the big lift stations. So we do have challenges in the area. Um, you know, we don't have a, a, a shooting solution on because when when, to find rags, what? Why is people throwing mop heads and things like that that go in there and actually will damage the infrastructure?
2: So we're not talking about just those small flushable wipes that you buy. No, or- it,
1: yeah, and, and the flushable wipes are a problem itself, right? Uh, because they're not really "quote unquote" flushable. Right. But uh, we're talking pretty significant, heavy materials that are being put into the sanitary sewer. And, uh, it gets clogged and, uh, we have to go out there and start fixing it. And of course it's something that we can't just wait till the next morning. Cause as soon as the sanitary sewer starts to flood and we get the alarms, it's kind of whenever it is. And that's why you see the overtime because the staff want to make sure, you know, we, you know, residents want it to be dealt with quickly, um, to mitigate any damages that may be occurring in homes and stuff like
0: that. So this area over there, Westland, that's more common than our other areas.
1: Oh, we see it throughout okay. the city. But I say that the you see commonality here a little bit is because it's a small area. You can see, we have a map that's on the overhead uh, that's in our office here of the area. Um, this lift station here services kind of maybe two, two to three blocks versus other lift stations service a much bigger area. So um, the lift station itself is small and you can't necessarily put a big lift station in there, like another building number nine, because it doesn't service that many residents. So the pumps are sized according to what you see, how many homes that are on the pro, on, that, uh, on that line. So um, some of the things that we need to look at in terms of uh, pre-screening and stuff like that. But the other side is, is that how do we, uh, even across the city of Cold Lake, you know, council had this conversation uh, during its budget deliberations is the amount of debris that is being introduced into the sanitary sewers of the city of Cold Lake. Um, we're talking rocks, mop heads. You know, remember your worship, the briefing note that the city uh, administration provided council? We had two by fours, two by four by four feet being you know, it, that's jamming into the, the some of the sanitary sewers and causing a backlog. So,
0: so you're, when you say that people are putting them down the manhole covers or the, on the side of the road and they're putting things down there? Could mean? be, yeah, yeah. Lifting the
1: manhole covers or maybe in construction sites or we don't know necessarily where they are coming from, how in each incidence, how they're being introduced into the system. Crazy. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, hopefully yeah. you Anyways, answered that Anyways, something that's not quickly fixable because if tomorrow in Westlawn in that subdivision, somebody somehow maybe opens up a manhole and throws down a mop head, a massive, like one of those fiber, big mop heads down there, and it'd get jammed into the system, well, staff are going to be out there trying to fix it, right? To
2: and they're going to be out on. right away. That's right. That's right. All right, perfect. Uh, so we got a third question. This one is geared towards the marina. This one comes in from Ryan. He says, now that the federal jurisdiction is gone from the marina, will the marina expansion plans be a little bit higher priority for council? Wow.
1: Well, this is a good question, Your Worship. I think it kind of can go back and forth from yourself and myself. My first initial comment is, is that even though that the city of Cold Lake does own the uh, the marina now, we've taken over from the federal government, basically everything where it relies on is still provincial and federal jurisdiction in regards to regulatory approvals. Nothing changes in that regard. Did you want to expand on that, Your Worship?
0: Yeah, no, that's right. But I So I, let's get. We have to deal with the feds and the pro- provincial in order to, say, expand the marina. So that probably is going to be a two to three year journey. Um, we already have some amazing uh, pre-work done on different uh, design options from those experts that came in that we hired probably about, I would think, almost 10 years ago from the United States that came in. Uh, they called the marina uh, a moderate, uh, b- moderate uh, marina because of its, uh, in terms of difficulty. Um, because of its smallness and all the big boats in there and the the, the space that we have between um the runways, or whatever you want to call it the laneways but uh you know I think it's all going to come down to council the day where the priority is gonna be um you know I, I can imagine what what could uh lower the cost maybe is is not making it too fancy in terms of a of another break wall but um I think we're gaining experience on the uh, Lakeshore Wall right now in terms of pounding into the. I think we're getting some experience in there, and if we ever get into building another break wall for the marina, but the problem is going to be as financially the cities, can it handle uh the marine expansion and a swimming pool, and anything else that we have to do? I think you know there's going to be a, a time here in the next while where the council of the day is is going to really have to go all in on, on a project and carry a lot of debt if the province and the feds don't want to help out uh, municipalities with much, much funding. We talked about that, um, you know, with tie-in the MCC, mid-sized mayors uh, meetings that we go to. I'm real concerned that the provincial um, LGFF... Um, what does that stand for again? No. Local
1: Government Fiscal Framework.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good God. And, um, you know, basically it's the province coming in and giving municipalities, um, big and small, uh, some funding help. And, and that number, yeah, it's increased a little bit over the last couple of years, but nowhere near where it needs to be. Um, more, more of the lift or the carrying the, the municipality, especially City Coal Lake, is falling more and more on the taxpayer. And so there's going to be strategic um, councils going to really have to weigh, I think, anyways, um, the swimming pool versus marine expansion. I think it's going to get down to, to that, right? Uh, right now we're doing Lakeshore Drive, fixing that road because it's in serious issue, and then uh, the public workshop. So when we came out of the gate, we did a lot of recreation, and we did a lot of infrastructure uh, repair uh, on lift stations and, and sewer and water pipe. And we also focused on recreation, and now we're focusing on two big projects: uh, Lakeshore and Public Workshop. And then we're going to have to pivot uh, the council today, if we've got the financial wherewithal on the debt side, is to to, you know, I would think the community is probably going to say a swimming pool is more important than the marina. So I, you know, I think the marina expansion, if I'm going to be very truthful, I don't see it in the cards unless we're going to get serious help. Uh, with the Pilt file, and with uh, the province coming in and and basically doubling in my mind what they give us right now for funding per capita, um, that's you know that's if people in my honest opinion that's probably where it's at.
1: That's a good answer. Good stuff. Yep, because there there's a pivotal change that happened that the the, the federal government used to own the marina we just lease it from them and now that we own it it does provide kind of that that a little bit different nuance. Um, that uh, we kind of control our destiny in regards to the
0: operations of it. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I, like the people that have been around Colic know that, um, you know, could you put a marina in French Bay and uh, with the MD of Bonneville owning the ski hill area, you know, is that is that a good location for a marina? Probably going to cost them a lot of money. Uh, that water does drop off probably deeper than, than it does at, 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 at our location. Uh, but we definitely need to, you know, it's amazing the amount of boats that want to be in the marina. Uh, certainly another two to 400 boats we could easily uh, do, right? It, it, it's a valued project that, you know, from a tourism standpoint, you know, these are where, you know, we don't get, you know, I've, I've argued last night in council, poor Mr. Sear, the MLA got my my rant. But, you know, from a tourism standpoint, why is it that the province is looking in the feds at Banff and Canmore, right? We were, da- we were just down in Canmore there with the MCC. I mean, the, you know, they're looking at rail, my God, to, to map. And that's and so when you look at small little tourism projects if, if in northeast Alberta, marine expansion, why wouldn't the, the feds and the province want to do that for a community? But now we're getting into a neat question here, <laughs> All right, I
2: think this one might be directed at you, Your Worship. Uh, this one comes in from Megan. What is the best-kept secret fishing spots for catching walleye in Cold Lake?
0: uh well, I'm not a very good fisherman, um but um you know uh, not a very good fisherman, but you raise fish yeah, I raise You're fish, okay. but uh I watch a lot of people around me catch a lot of fish, but you know walleye <laughs> walleye and co lake it, the lake itself is not um kind to a a walleye it's a deep watered lake, very cold, and so when you fish for walleye, you gotta go where the warm water is um The walleye shouldn't be out in the deep uh waters where the lake trout are they're going to be more along the shallows um and preying on minnows uh and also light conditions are you know they, they're a, a morning or evening bite uh but certainly around french bay around the points uh into long bay if you, your boat can get in there certainly long bay before the weeds get in there or you just uh still fish with um, you know bobber or whatever um slip bobbers with leeches and that in in long bay if you can get in there that's a great spot in the springtime the the walleye go in there in and spawn in the spring and so walleye and pike when they spawn in the springtime after a a fish spawns they kind of go into a i'm not hungry mode for a while and then all of a sudden uh their body just triggers and it's like i'm just going to start to feed you can cast when pike are done spawning they go in this um this kind of like a trance state and you can be casting at pike in the shallows, and they don't bite your hook. They're just kind of, I've done my business. I need to relax, <laughs> <they're> and spent. <laughs> I'm spent, literally. And, you know, I, I, and so they're a bit of a different uh, creature. Um, so people catch walleye along um, along the edges of the lake, uh, on all of the big lake. And, of course, the most popular place for walleye fishing is the Martineau River. And, you know, if you, if you want to go way up there uh, by the big island, uh, that's certainly probably your your best bet uh, to catch a walleye. Uh Some some people on Coal Lake know how to catch them. Uh, there's some there were some big walleye coming out of the lake in the last couple of years. Um, it, the trick is, uh, you know, I think personally the best value any fisherman wants to do is go with a guide. I think um, you know uh, there's a couple of uh, guides on Coal Lake, and I think that uh, that's money well spent on learning how to fish. I'm a big fan of people spending you know the the money to learn how to fish uh hiring a guide is probably the best way to really learn how to catch fish and then you just go from there where you watch some of the videos that are out there on coal lake uh there's some really good fishermen that are fishing uh, uh coal lake like matt matt Wiefsters does a great job on lake choke but there's also other guys uh, on on the lake that are and women that are doing uh fishing and of course, the big fishing derby it was sold out in 30 hours. Age friendly's uh, derby. Now that one's a lake trout fishing. Um, fisheries wouldn't let the city do what we call a triple crown, where we wanted to do a three species uh, fishing tournament: uh, lake trout, walleye, and pike. But because the population of uh, pike and walleye is, there's concern about how, you know how many fish the lake could absorb, and we they didn't approve. They just approved the lake trout fishing. Right on. Huh?
2: Perfect. All right, last question comes in from Prosper. He asks, why did the city of Cold Lake fund the Pride and Two Feather Crosswalks on Medley after the people in Cold Lake voted to not have these kinds of crosswalks in our community?
1: Well, a um, couple of things is that uh, we don't really have jurisdiction on on uh, the four-wing CFB Cold Lake. Um, they do have their own initiatives. Uh, so the city of Cold Lake is not involved in any which way in regards to the, and I think there, uh, this question would be referring to the ones that are by JJ Parr, um, kind of at that intersection. I've seen them there because I, I attended a few functions that were uh, out there, but uh, that's not the City of Cold Lake's involvement. So uh, can't really answer to that. Uh, um, it's not funded or uh, an initiative of the City of Cold Lake um, but further to the question, it kind of says that uh, I, I think you mentioned the, the kind of the people have voted against it. The, you know, the city did do an engagement and council made a decision not to proceed it with it within the community. Um, but uh, there was no kind of like plebiscite or anything like that within the communities. But uh, um, just for that clarity. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, for Wink and, uh, and CFB Cold Lake being federal jurisdiction can take on those uh, their initiatives uh, on base. Uh, they are separate to that of the city of Cold Lake in that regard.
2: I think there's a lot of confusion people have as the base is still part of the city, but it is also still federal jurisdiction. So there is a little bit of gray area there. What, what happens?
1: Yeah, on uh, there's a lot of constitutional questions in regards to jurisdictions and stuff like that of the federal government within the municipality. Um, there is a, a lot of ongoing conversations in regards to the jurisdictional requirements between the uh, the two two areas. But uh, yeah, we don't get involved with that that aspect. That's uh, that's out there.
0: Yeah. We, we, the services we provide are pretty basic. Um, you know,
1: uh, uh, animal control. Um, we do assist with that. Um, we do provide, uh, well there's the, uh, water treatment plant and stuff like that through the cold lake regional utility service commission. Uh, the city does provide snow removal services and sanding and uh, sweeping in the spring. Uh, so there is services that are provided. Uh, there is lots of grant opportunities that the, uh, the, uh, I will call them the, I guess they're at the Military Family Resource Centre, MFRC. They apply to, for grants uh, through the City of Cold Lake, uh, through typically on the uh, City of Cold Lake's Family and Community Support Services, FCSS. And, uh, but that's
0: uh, pretty much the limits. Yeah, garbage pickup. Garbage pickup. Recycling, right? Uh, You know, what's fascinating. Uh, You know, it's quite amazing. But the families out on four wing, um, you know, the, the military personnel will, go to a go to the hospital on the base the, the medical clinic on the on the base but they actually have to go to a family doc down for the rest of their family they have to find uh just like everybody can call like find a family doctor in, in in the community which is challenging for young families that come into four wing uh the husband or the spouse wife can go to the military uh, hospital but everybody else in the family has to go downtown uh it yeah it's it's a struggle because uh you know some people come into our community with with uh, certain needs and families are are forced to go to Edmonton for for their for their special needs it's uh, it's uh, it's very interesting on um and on just the nuances on the base yeah, yeah um that was a good question uh, from prosper yeah, he's, uh, th- he's very involved in the community so uh, great i'm sure we're going to get more than just one question from prosper so oh we'll, i'm sure yeah, yeah. We we'll uh, appreciate everybody reaching out to, yeah, to was- dan and uh, we will look forward to more i don't know about the fishing thing but um certainly can try my <laughs> best to avoid uh, how to catch them uh you mentioned in one of the questions was the uh, MCMC,
1: the mid-sized mayors and city managers uh, or, or mayors caucus i should say um that was uh, down in Cammore last week uh i think uh, there's a lot of stuff that was uh, part of that uh i'll call it the caucus meetings that were
0: occurring and uh you had a couple ministers speak yeah no it was good i mean the, the mid sized mayor's group has been around probably for i think my entire time as mayor uh so you know they've been at least fifteen sixteen years um you know it 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 has definitely has become much more um focused on on really being aware of uh the communities that aren't edmonton and calgary and, and that are called cities or or communities over fifteen thousand uh we're up to twenty five different communities right now um but yeah, in Canmore, uh, I thought the the staff down in Canmore did a great job. Beautiful venue that they had us in, uh, the Malcolm uh, Hotel. Pretty pretty cool piece of property. Uh, just stunning what real estate's going for in Canmore. The the mayor uh, and one of the staff members I thought uh, did a great presentation on on the cost of living in, in Canmore. It, it, it's unbelievable. Um, you know what where what a one bedroom two bedroom uh, uh, condo is going for. Um, very big concern about uh, affordable housing and how their community is going to uh, kind of like affordable housing society.
1: They have uh, uh, trailers that were going for how much?
0: $900,000. $900,000 kind of mobile trailers. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite the. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, you know, how homes well, you know, close over, well over a million, everything was over a million, but um, just the people to work in there. um in the community uh, some of the businesses are struggling with workers and so they'll be closed on say Tuesday or Wednesday uh, so everybody's just working a five-day shift in the retail market interesting uh, interesting community I mean flooded with tourists in a big big way uh, but uh, you know the, the meeting was great we had uh, um, uh, Deputy Premier uh, Mike Ellis was there um, and uh, you know he spoke good about uh, talking about uh, the issues the social issues uh, that we're faced with right now uh not only on the homeless and the file but, but the crime and 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 needing to really address what's going on in Alberta um and then uh, minister MacGyver, who is well known in in uh for municipal politicians uh talked you know about the funding and LGFF you know he, he can't make everybody happy uh, but our job is to lobby the uh, you know the, the government to try to get more funding for municipalities um you know, they, they're they also trying to balance their books and pay down their debt, um, and so we'll see if they can continue to do that. I think there's a lot of pressures on infrastructure around Alberta, um, but uh, Rick is uh, well known to us all, and uh, um, you know, he, he, the best thing about Rick I always find is that he's open to questions from the floor in a big way, mm. and so lots of lots of questions were there. You know, I, I touched uh, a question, I, I got up there and asked a question about the homeless file and how... You know, for our community, uh, that this is um, that's a big deal. Um, you know, it, it came out of nowhere. Uh, in the last two years, where our numbers are have gone pretty minimal. Uh, to people that were couch <coughs> couch surfing within the community, and now well over, I think it was last update was over well over one hundred and thirty people identified, um, by the John Howard. And so, just talking about predictable funding for the the organizations that that are willing to get into the homeless and to take, take care of them, feed them, et cetera. Um, You know, nobody wants, and we, we had that last night with with the MLA is that, you know, nobody wants to come in there and say that this is going to be now um, employment for the next 30 years. This is going to be a service that's going to be provided by the province, but somebody needs to identify that. Right.
1: Well, I think there's a, uh, a couple of issues there because one is, is that uh, um, part of the conversation last night, was we'll say almost all, minus a few, are non-residents of Cold Lake, yep. right? Um, which is a, a a conversation in itself, right? Uh, and having where does the balance on when the province is also sending um, officials in asking questions on what the municipality is going to do further, Not only have a have the shelter map program, but also having warming centers when it's really cold, and then that and that costs money for the uh, when it comes from revenue generation from the municipality. It comes from the property taxes for for a large component, and so you know when those questions are being raised, how how where
0: to from here, right? Yeah, you just don't know what it's going to be like next year, but you know they. So the 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 John Howard here in Coal Lake uh, is made up of volunteers that that run it. Um, the operation uh, of the, of the staff, the funding is coming from their province and then from donations from, from corporate citizens, from citizens, the food bank is a major contributor for the food. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for the food bank, I don't know if John Howard actually have their doors still open. Uh, security is an issue. Um, most of the individuals have, have addiction problem. Uh, certainly meth is a big drug of choice and, uh, you know, god bless the people i want to work in there and 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 help the the individuals i think you know um john howard had to close the doors for about 48 hours uh just around christmas there uh and it was just because the the clients were unruly and uh you know they're just again it's just a a lack of respect um out there and and, and edmonton uh, did a uh kind of
1: a little bit of a press conference or kind of an announcement that there's uh you know, in some of these camps that they're removing and they're having some challenges in removing camps. Um, Cold yeah. Lake is removing camps and uh, you know, in some of theirs in terms of uh, disclosure on some, you know, the weapons and stuff like that. And, and Cold Lake is the same. Uh, uh, Council has been briefed on, you can see in some of the camps where there is weapons yeah. and uh, I think John Howard society, you know, th- th- they too are seeing some of that stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now at the MC, uh, further to homeless, like, cause that was a big part of the uh, conversation at the MCMC, uh, the city of Cold Lake was asked to do a presentation. Yeah,
0: you got up there and dazzled them. <laughs> and <laughs> I got up there and dazzled Kevin, them. Kevin, Kevin talked about, uh, you know, our, our, our foray into, uh, owning a medical clinic and, and how that has really boosted. Um, I think it's, it's going to really bear fruit in the future but uh, certainly our number of doctors now practicing inside the clinic the city purchased uh, and creation of the municipal control corporation so Kevin uh, did a great presentation Uh, there are three different municipalities that were talking about the health file and what communities are are doing to improve it and so each community uh, was a different story Uh, and so you know our, our situation is very similar to in small rural communities that have hospitals that the doctors are expected uh, to sign in with HS and to work over at the hospital and emerge and uh, surgical assist, where some communities, some of the bigger centers, you could be a family GP inside a major city and never step foot in the hospital Mm -hmm. of your community. And so, you know, you can't treat all the communities uh, with the same brush. And so I think your presentation was
1: good. Cold Lakes uh, a Medical Clinic, uh, the uh, uh, CL Medical Clinic has a, a dedicated uh, physician just in clinic and not part of the AHS. And that would be kind of a, a relatively new concept uh, for the community
0: and yeah. for the clinic. So and that's I good. think we're going to, you know, it'll be a great problem to have is, uh, goes back to that Marina uh, question, but a great problem to have is to look at uh, expanding that building, uh, expanding its footprint. And, uh, you know, because it's... The the uh, the reason why council went in this, um, it's always been it's interesting over the over the time it's always been a very uh, top priority of councils, and so it just sort of carried from one council to the next council. Uh, here, uh, this council said, "Yeah, let's go all in and buy buy the building, right?" And then and, and 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 start getting in this business. And so, um, you know, I think it's a, it was a wise decision, and it's interesting uh, the amount of communities that have reached out to you and and to me about. Uh, learning more about, about what we did. Yeah, right?
1: we don't lease space to the doctors uh, under the CL Medical Clinic, it's a it's a kind of an associate physician agreement. It's not a lease space like uh, like there is other places. So the kind of the business ownership is under the uh, um, the municipal
0: controlled corporation. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah no we've that's had what everybody a wants doctors, to learn about uh, come and look at the community and, and Hearts for Healthcare um I work works with the, the doctors that are looking at the community and so is the city and the idea is that regardless of what clinic uh, they want to work in we're here to work with every doctor. So a presentation last night.
1: Uh, rental market, it's on its way up in terms of uh, the numbers.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, your your new economic development officer uh, this uh, is um, did a great presentation last night. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, um, the delivery of uh, the data. Some of it was scary. Uh, you know, like where where we could be heading. Um, in a very short time. I mean, I think his uh, grass only went to two thousand and thirty. I think, if I remember correctly, um, you know, if things don't change in terms of uh, supply, if the people are going to keep on coming into Coal Lake uh, w- with work and that, the supply looks like it's tightening up and the price is going to go up. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what the forecast is kind of showing. The the numbers, uh, and and when the number starts to get too high, it does. Uh you know, push out the lower end in terms of uh, people that have very small salaries that are working for kind of minimum wage and stuff like that. But it, it is a delicate balance because you, you, you do have community members that also that are, um, that would push back and saying they want that those rental rates high, right? And they don't, you know, they want that demand that's there. So it's definitely a balancing act between supply and demand and, and what the uh, municipalities
0: do to influence that, right? Yeah, it's it's it, it's a great data set, and it'll be fascinating, you know, in, in five years from now to see um, where we are in rent versus what the graph was predicting, mm-hmm. and uh, and then of course if he's spot on, Drew could probably write a Ph paper, but <laughs> uh, um, you know it, it, it's it was it was good stuff. Um, you know, there it was interesting the the one bedroom apartments are actually renting out higher than a two bedroom, a bedroom which, which I found wild. So I don't know if that's related to supply or people just want to live by themselves, but that was a I would never have guessed that 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 would, was going on in col Lake. So that was that was a really interesting piece of data. But you know the 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 foundation of that information will allow um the big builders that are, are in our community to look at whether or not they want to expand and put in another apartment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's data, right? And data, um, on the data set, you have to use. History in order to project. Um, and every, there's all the whole bunch of other influences like job creations and the amount of units that actually get built and whatnot. Right. So that will change the actual outcome. So, um, it's, it's data, it's aggregate data, and, uh, it allows us just to do a little bit of planning around that and understanding. Right.
0: So I, I'm going to probably butcher this one, but uh, the federal government had a program that the city staff applied for, the Housing Accelerator Fund or something like that? Yes,
1: Housing Accelerator Fund.
0: And so we put in some amazing um, projects underneath that fund, but we haven't heard if the feds are going to look at coal Lake.
1: No, uh, I, I, actually at the MCMC, I think uh, the minister did mention, uh, Minister McIver, I think, mentioned yeah. um, that it there seems to be you know that federal grant application, you know, uh, Calgary and Edmonton, I think have been announced, but, um, there's definitely been a heavy award of funding to the East than it is to the West. Unfortunately there's uh, you know, th- that perspective is there because there's a lot of announcements coming out of the East, but, uh, um, are, we have uh, reached out but have not, uh, got responses back at
0: this point. Yeah. Canada's screwed up country. I mean, uh, you know, when you're le- elected as the leader of the country, you need to treat everybody equally. I mean, he did that with the carbon uh, re- uh, tax uh, you know, out on the East Coast where they don't have to pay. Well, the uh, car vote you're you know right and, and you just got to, on policies that you're going to come in with a housing uh, policy, treat all the communities fairly, not based on, on is, is this where we're going to get the most votes? Um, it, really disappointing. I mean, especially when you have, you know, 1,800 2,000 personnel from the federal government here in our community uh you know that that graph last night you know i was really concerned about uh because i mentioned it to Rue as i said you know we really probably gotta get this information over the wing commander this is concerning because so many of the military personnel are paid so poorly that uh you know how do they afford when these one bedroom two bedroom apartments are going to be reaching up to more than 50 percent of their paycheck so it's a you know let's hope that uh, politics aside we we get uh, accepted for the accelerator fund because that that is a pretty neat uh, document you guys put together yeah the other uh, subject that it seems uh, that
1: is uh, a topic of conversation is the um, subclass of vacant l- land throughout the community I'll doubt whether it's residential or commercial land that's been vacant for a considerable amount of time and uh, you get questioned uh, by uh, many residents. So why is that land just sitting and nobody's doing anything with it and whatnot? And why can't the city do something about it? And, uh, you know, there's incentives questions and then taxation questions. And there's uh, that topic of conversations in council right now.
0: Yeah. I think that's great that we're looking at it. Um, everybody can all have an opinion on it. Um, we certainly get a lot of complaints on vacant property, fishing uh, the residential side that's sitting there with lots of grass and Really, you know, not uh, not kept up, uh, really nice, Um, but you know, there's definitely uh, both residential and commercial properties that have sat vacant and dormant uh, my entire time as mayor, and it it, and it's frustrating when um, when money comes into town to look at investments. Um, You know, you you try to we work with people that come into our community. We try to explain, uh, show them all the different commercial lands that we think is for sale, but when you actually you know, peel the onion back, and you look from south to north. There actually isn't a lot of commercial land for sale uh, that can be developed. Um, you know, ready to be shoveled. That's listed on MLS, and and so it is frustrating. We we had that individual come in. Uh, you know, it just said, "Hey, I I bought a piece because it was on MLS." And I'm going like, "Holy crap! You never you never came into the city to talk to us." And I, it's disappointing because we have put in a lot of time with different uh people over Investors the years. Investors and yep. And then you know I feel bad like he's happy with the property, but don't get me wrong. But but I wish that he would have reached out to the city and and we could have, uh you know really understood what he what he wants to do is he bought a nice piece of property, um in the end, but he basic basically went off MLS, mm-hmm. and and you know and this is the issue we're having is there's lots of prime. Commercial land along Highway 28. Um, that when you're new investor coming to community, you have no idea um, what's the plan on on all this land. And so uh, we we have to work on this. And so if people are going to sit on their commercial land and the residential land, uh, you know, no problem. Uh, should 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 they be uh, penalized a little bit for for that wait and see? Certainly, some waterfront property in Cole Lake probably the. You know, some of them are making you know probably arguably fifty thousand a year, probably in value, just sitting there doing nothing, you know, nothing right let it let it increase in value
1: yeah the uh, yeah, some people land bank for different reasons, right or or purchase property for different reasons and and those reasons are very broad, right um, but uh, yeah, a combination of whether uh, incentives and taxation uh, mixture between the both is being kind of considered by city council. Um, to try to try to help move or incentivize and or incentivize, and uh, and and kind of change kind of the the lay of the land a little bit in that regard,
0: right? Yeah, we'll take our lumps. I mean, we uh, um, I'm sure we're gonna get uh, we're gonna have a public hearing and hear what the 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 reasons why we wouldn't introduce this. I'm I'm really looking forward to the reasons why we wouldn't do this. Um, but like you know, let's take the north. I'm not. I know I'm picking on Coleague North. Um. Certainly, one of the hotter areas from a residential side, but certainly not a very fast growing commercial side and and that is going to concern uh, more people that you dump onto the north and it's, it should be no secret why the mall has been the area where a lot of development is 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 going on is that that is you know the re- one re- area that is more flexible mm-hmm. uh, develop and of course let's talk about uh, our new restaurant that came to town oh taco, taco bell. bell so that was a uh, we went over uh, there and and it's very soft opening and uh they're training their staff and i i kept driving by and, and kept seeing them working in there even though the store was closed i think they had like a two or three week training window can you imagine how much food the staff must have had to eat they probably had to eat the whole menu <laughs> but uh but <laughs> you know uh, they invited me over and uh took some pictures um I uh, think they, they got a great uh, uh, Filipino girl that's running the, the one shift I think she's the manager for the, the one shift that was there, um, invited me over. And, uh, but, you know, 25 to 30 people work there in that one restaurant and just speaks about, uh, uh, you know, the amount of work available in the fast food service industry. And, and the, um, it's shocking how much people in the area come to col Lake come because we have all of these um these different options for people for their dining options. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's going
1: to, we have uh, continued, uh, interest. There's more investors that are coming to town that are seeking interest and, uh, and vendors, uh, franchises, uh, you know, we can't name things cause there is non-disclosure agreements and stuff like that, uh, you know, without, the, the you know, the businesses ahead of those types of uh, conversations, We are attending the international, uh, what is, uh, what is it? A shopping convention, um, in order to meet with the investors and some of the franchisees and seeing if some of those, uh, um, kind of those, those bring some of those conversations together to see, how they can be implemented within the community.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. I mean, I've never gone to that. That's next I'm, week, actually. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, our my job is to sell the sizzle. And, uh, you know, so if investors want to look at Coal Lake, our job is to sort of, you know, brief them. And it, it goes back to identifying the lands that are available in, in Coal Lake and, and it sort of goes ties us back to the, to the vacant land area. If we don't know, um, you know, a, a two or three acre piece of land is available, um, when we're communicating with with uh, somebody that's looking like at a shopping, uh, say a food big food store uh, or whatever, um, we only can speak about the properties we know of that are available on the market. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of interest, right? Uh, so it's going to be a busy uh, uh, time next week uh, 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 with all the meetings that we have with the different franchisees. And, and, and you know, uh, remember for the public is uh, something when we're dealing with a lot of these businesses, the businesses know… Kind of generally, how much revenue they're gonna make in certain demographics so uh despite the, you know how much effort that the city could look can put in um the businesses are making a business decision and they know what their investment strategy is going to look like for different demographics and populations so it's not just a matter of us visiting and and, and we can force a certain chain or somebody to come into town. It doesn't quite work that way. There's a lot of moving parts and, uh, and, and uh, bricks and mortar and kind of uh, economic con- uh, considerations that are made by
0: those businesses when we're when we're meeting with them. But it should be a good time. Well, I think we covered all our, our, we actually have a board here that Kevin, people can't see, but Kevin writes down all these items that we, we should uh, talk about. And I think we hit them all for number
1: Sometimes two. we hit them all. Sometimes we don't. It's just kind yeah. of a list of things that we could talk about and it does a flow and whatnot. I think,
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh, things coming up in our community over the next while, of course, if you're really bored, uh, go go watch minor hockey. Uh, I mean, I go get some popcorn and watch that. There's some great hockey. Uh, the Panther organization comes into uh, Coal Lake and plays uh, at the different age groups. Um, they have a, I think it must play out of about three different arenas or maybe even four. Um, so once in a while, and you can go to the uh, Coal Lake Minor Hockey ice schedule and, and and look up. But it's great to, to come out and watch some hockey. Some, um and of course, we've got the junior B's and the junior A's. Uh, they'll play on a weekend. Uh, but amazing. That climbing wall at the Energy Center is crazy busy. And uh, a lot of a lot of people have been going out there. And of course, the ski hill. Kinnissu Ridge, uh, an amazing facility. They got the tube park. Uh, in the summertime, they got the climbing wall. But certainly, uh, they've got snow. We may not have snow in our backyard, but they've got lots of snow. And uh, they put a lot of effort uh, out there in the facility and and um, the uh, community rinks uh, out, out there in the north and the south. Uh, we even put one in the south there, Kevin. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a very, southerner here. Yeah, very popular. And uh, so lots of different activities. Um, you know, FCSS has a lot of uh, programming for the kids. Uh, MFRC has lots. So um, the great, uh, we talked about, I think, uh, maybe I didn't on the podcast, but get a copy of the community guide that the staff put together Oh, uh, for all have, the programming and stuff. We have like them that at stuff. City Hall. Uh, amazing, amazing. Okay, well, I don't do that stuff, but it's amazing. Uh, amazing book, and you should be able to keep your kid active in Cole Lake for the winter.
1: That's right, right on. Right, and
0: on. I, I, in, we'll close off uh, in memory of Darrell Silvers, uh, number twenty-seven. Wow.
1: Yo, yo.